guy you probably know what that means that one person in most friend groups who you go to when you have a question about a movie and they always seem to have an answer is it true that Dolph Lundgren really sent Stallone to the hospital while filming Rocky 4 yes it is was Clerks filmed in black and white as an artistic choice no it was just cheaper but Kevin Smith will tell you it is with a wink and a nod and my personal favorite hey Pete Who's that guy in that movie we watched recently? You know, the old guy with the mustache. It's Sam Elliott, in case you were wondering. And yes, I have actually been asked that question. So what are we doing here? Well, I wanted to put my normally esoteric knowledge to good use and have started a podcast all about movies, TV, and storytelling in general. I will be answering questions, exploring interesting topics, and just generally having a good time talking about my favorite subject. Why? Because movies are my love language. I bond with my friends by quoting movies with them. I express my emotions by sharing particular scenes with loved ones or introducing them to films that I think will get them to understand me better. I'm one of those millennials who was raised by the TV. As a kid, I was never very good at expressing my thoughts and emotions and really could only find a way to connect with other people by talking about what stories they enjoyed. Nothing pleases me more than getting to know someone by showing them a movie they have never seen before and seeing their faces light up when they enjoy it. Storytelling is one of humanity's oldest traditions. It's how every culture has entertained, educated, instilled moral values, and shared its traditions for thousands of years. From oral traditions, sharing stories over the campfire, to painting and still pictures, to dance and acting, and the written word allowing us to put stories to page and share them with an even wider audience. Until the modern era, when cameras and lights and sound and makeup and computers all come together to show us things that have only existed in our dreams before. But enough of the history lesson. Today I want to give you a taste of what's to come on this podcast. And to do that, I'm going to start with what not to expect. The number one thing I avoid in all conversations about movies is discussing what is best or my favorite. I'm one of those people whose favorite movie is the one I'm watching right now, or, more often, the one that matches my mood on any given day. And I dislike the idea of best, because art is so incredibly subjective that I believe the conversation is pointless. One person could absolutely detest a movie, while another person could love the same movie because it reminds them of some special childhood memory. Every person brings their own perspective and emotions to any piece of art they perceive. But because I am a movie guy, it is inevitable that I get asked what my favorite movie of all time is, or what I think is the best movie of all time. So my go-to answer over the years has settled on the 1975 film Jaws. The short answer is that Jaws single-handedly changed the cinema industry, created the summer blockbuster, and shaped the modern movie-making era, with its impact still being felt almost 50 years later. The long answer is a bit more complicated, but what it comes down to for me is that Jaws is a movie that encompasses the entire range of storytelling. Broadly, what I mean is that Jaws is a movie that portrays all of the main genres. Drama, comedy, horror. Jaws, like all great blockbusters that followed, has something for everyone. 
It appeals to a wide audience without sacrificing depth in its storytelling. But we can go deeper with this examination. These are just some of the examples of the many different styles of storytelling that are employed in the movie Jaws. First off, you've got the obvious horror take. From the dread-instilling theme song to the ominous point-of-view shots that give us the shark's perspective, this movie is dripping with horror tropes. It is especially interesting to note that a distinctive theme in POV shots would go on to become staples of the slasher's subgenre of horror, as seen in classics like Halloween and Friday the 13th. And of course, there is plenty of blood and violence to fit the theme. In the same vein, there is a healthy dose of terror, perhaps best exemplified in scenes like the jump scare where Hooper stumbles upon a decapitated head in the water, or when he is being attacked in his diving cage and our senses are overpowered by intense editing and the clanging of metal as the character fights for his life. Following that, the shark itself represents the age-old monster movie idea. Harkening back to the creature features of the 50s and 60s, the shark reminds us of monstrous threats like giant insects, Japanese kaiju, and blobs from outer space. This also ties into the man versus nature concept, with our heroes out on the ocean contending with what should be a simple animal that is somehow getting the better of them at every turn. Steering in another direction, there are many recognizable traits of a classic adventure tale in Jaws as well. Three ordinary men set out into dangerous territory to confront a threat to their community, fighting it with the knowledge and tools they have with them. Instead of knights riding the countryside on horseback, it is now a cop, a fisherman, and a scientist setting out on a boat. And what adventure is complete without a little bit of action? Guns, harpoons, explosions, people yelling at each other. There are plenty of adrenaline-fueled action moments in the movie, leading up to a literally explosive finale. And while we're on the topic, don't forget that Jaws even features a high-speed chase scene, the type usually reserved for souped-up cars amid city streets. In this case, it's a shark with a bunch of air barrels harpooned to it being pursued by the aptly named ship, the Orca, across the surface of the mighty Atlantic. All the while, the enchanting score of musical master John Williams sets the pace and keeps viewers in the moment, like they were along for the ride themselves. The thrills aren't all action-packed, however. Even Jaws spices its narrative with hints of political thriller. While Chief Brody is trying to deal with a killer shark, he is hampered every step of the way by the slimy Mayor Vaughn and the other town officials. Conspiring to keep the beaches open to preserve tourist season and keep money flowing into the town, all the while brushing the shark threat under the rug, is a Tom Clancy-style threat but on a much smaller scale befitting the setting. And of course, that kind of negligence does come back to bite the mayor in the ass. Speaking of drama subgenres, there are at least two more that appear in Jaws. The first is historical drama. This comes up when Quint gives his famous speech about his time on the USS Indianapolis during World War II, and how it was sunk and the survivors were stuck floating in shark-infested waters for days. It is a dramatic way to insert a real-life event into the story that enhances a character and helps you understand them better. Also, the scene could be considered a dramatic monologue, in the style of classic theater, delivered with all of the skill and gravitas that is called for in the moment. The other drama subgenre that pops up is the family drama. Chief Brody is a recent transplant to Amity Island, uprooting his wife and two young sons from New York City to this pleasant New England town. This movie about a killer shark actually gives ample screen time to their story and interactions, showing how the family is dealing with living in a completely different environment than they are accustomed. 
In my opinion, the key moment in this story arc is when the family is at the hospital after the older son almost gets attacked by the shark, and Brody tells his wife to take the kids home. She asks, home here or back home in New York? He reassures her by saying, home here. That moment cements that they are not going to run away from this threat, and that their family is going to stick together in their new home and make it work. Speaking of the Brody couple, the movie is not without a tiny bit of romance as well. The married couple are not portrayed in a 90s sitcom kind of way, aka always bickering and unhappy to be around each other. No, these two trust each other, they flirt, they joke around. It is refreshing to compare to more modern movies to see that the romantic relationship of the film is not one of the challenges or sources of drama in the story. And to keep on that lighthearted theme, there is of course a fair bit of comedy in the movie. From the endless bickering between Hooper and Quint, to the humorous exasperation Chief Brody expresses when dealing with the colorful locals, there are plenty of great comedy bits throughout the film. And winding down, perhaps the most surprising addition to this list, Jaws even has shades of musical theater in its killer shark story. It starts off with Quint constantly humming old sea shanties in a delighted manner, even as they're hunting down a bloodthirsty shark. Obviously, though, one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is when th the three men get drunk and deliver a rousing rendition of Show Me the Way to Go Home around the dinner table. They probably wouldn't make it on Broadway, but it's a great musical moment regardless. I'm sure there are more examples, but that's enough for now. Although I could add that this movie was adapted from a book, further proving my argument that too many people complain about there being no original movies anymore these days. Ever since movies have existed, they have been adapting and remaking stories over and over again. This is not some new trend. But that's a conversation for another episode. Well, that was my long-winded explanation for why I always say Jaws is my favorite or the best movie ever made. Imagine what it's like when I try to work that into a normal conversation. I want to thank anyone who has stuck around this long. I hope I can entertain, educate, and share some feelings with all of you. You can look forward to more film examinations, comparisons, reviews, character studies, and more on the Movie Pete podcast. You can find me on all the major podcatcher apps and on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll get more of my day-to-day -day musings and reactions. Just search Movie Pete Podcast. One more time, thank you to everyone listening. I wish you all the best. This is Movie Pete, signing off. Mm -hmm.